it's Vanessa Reyes here, and I'm inviting you on a journey of what it's like to co-create your business with God and drop the hustle mentality. Listen, I believe that in every season of business, you must up-level your faith and let go of the drama in your mind that's keeping you from using your God-given voice to build influence and become the businesswoman God designed you to be. Here, you'll feel like you're at church mixed with business school and your teacher, well, she's your best friend. This is the Less Hustle, More Faith podcast. This is such a beautiful evening to be sharing this evening with my girls from the One Heart community. One Heart community is a community of women leaders, entrepreneurs, women of influence who are wanting to grow a purpose-driven business. We all have our own story, we have our own mission, and we come together in a group chat on Instagram. (laughs) And there's no limitation to the conversations that we have in there. And I think that's what makes it so unique and so beautiful. So the conversation about being a Latina entrepreneur has come up so many times within the group chat and within our monthly meetings. And we have to talk about this topic publicly because I feel like there are so many women, Latina entrepreneurs, who would be listening to this episode, who would resonate with one of our stories. Okay, of course, I'm in New York. There's always police sirens in the background. (laughs) So I'm not gonna pause it. I thought that was in my neighborhood. (laughs) So the question is, what does it mean for you to be a Latina entrepreneur? Jen is our very first speaker. We're going to have some beautiful women on the mic. But first we have Jen. Hi, Vanessa. Thanks so much. I'm Jen, Genevieve Casper. I'm the founder of La Hepa Status. And I always kind of laugh to myself when I say the name of my business because I'm not somebody who speaks Spanish on the regular. I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. And the fact that my business is centered around serving Latinas in particular is a place that I never thought that I would see myself. But when I started La Hepastatis, it was because I, when I found out about the Latina pay gap, I started to be much more intentional about spending money with Latina entrepreneurs because we're the lowest paid people on the planet regardless of education, industry experience, geography. And then when we work for ourselves, we end up paying ourselves even less than we were getting paid when we worked for someone else. And I saw this and I met so many Latina entrepreneurs who didn't feel comfortable in the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And so that was why I started business coaching and consulting specifically with Latinas. But my own experience has been Something that I've had a lot of shame and guilt around because I didn't grow up connected to my culture, heritage, understanding anything about my ancestry. I think I'm like fourth or fifth generation. I found out where my ancestors came from a 23andMe DNA test that I got as a Christmas gift. And I've always felt really insecure and self-conscious about that, never really feeling, as Selena says, or Selena's dad white enough for the white people or Mexican enough to really be accepted by Mexican culture. I mean, I didn't even try. So what I have found though, in 
accepting myself for exactly who I am and what I am in the moment and being authentic and genuine and not being afraid to tell my story and being proud of the version of Latinidad that I own and that I am, that when I tell that story, I meet so many other women who identify and feel like it's okay for them to do the same thing for themselves. And so the one thing that I held the most insecurity around my whole life is the very foundation of this business. And it's what has helped me to impact the lives of so many women, whether or not they're even my client, just knowing that there's somebody out there who shares a similar story, who has felt the same way and who's carried that shame and insecurity around how they present as a Latina and how people expect them to be and how people accept them in those same at that same time is really been such a blessing and something that I truly like I like I said I kind of I laugh to myself when I think about it because it's not something that I ever could have planned or ever could have imagined that's so good Jen oh my gosh I can't wait for the open discussion okay next on the mic Sonia is first gen, y'all. Thank you, Vanessa. And thank you, ladies, for allowing me to be part of this amazing community. As Vanessa mentioned, I am a first gen Latinx tax professional here based in the East Coast. What it means to be a Latina entrepreneur for me is, wow. It means a lot, to be honest, especially because already being first-gen college graduate, being first-gen working professional, and now being a first-gen Latin entrepreneur within my family, it's such a great opportunity. It's really exciting, but also scary knowing that growing up, I had to learn and navigate a lot of things on my own because my family did not have the same opportunities that I had living here in the States. As for many, you should know that I am a U.S. citizen. I was very fortunate to have these opportunities, unlike my other peers who were not very fortunate to have been born here in the States, but have immigrated here, but they were at least given some opportunities to at least start off fresh in, in terms of getting their documents and able to work. As I mentioned, it is been, it's been a, such a long roller coaster ride, especially knowing that when you have parents literally reminding you on a daily basis, saying that you have to do this, you have to showcase, you have to showcase your potential, let your family know that you are the one who are able to break this cycle of, of in this case, we were living in poverty at that time. And so that amount of pressure of just getting them out and just also just, what do you call it? Just to able to just, I'm about to cry because just because I went through a lot growing up with my siblings. I'm a, I'm a family of, there's six of us, four siblings, my sisters mostly, all females in the house. So with my parents and always to be reminded that you have to do this, you have to do it that way because you have your sisters who look up to you. And if you don't do it this way, they're going to assume that what you're doing is correct. And then there are times when it's not. So there was a lot of pressure in terms of like just 
doing well academically, doing well socially, not trying to get myself mingled with other bad influences. As my parents would say, like, they're never going to get you out of the place that we are in. We want you to eventually have a really good job, have a really good paying job, able to have your own home, etc. So it was a lot of pressure, but at least I know that I'm looking back that I was able to go through all of that, able to graduate with a Bachelor of Arts, and then eventually become a licensed tax professional, especially in the finance world. It is, it can be very cutthroat for many, especially for Latinos who are in this space. And so it's a lot, but I'm very thankful to be able to at least find my way because it can be very lonesome, especially as first gen, you're going through a lot of emotions and there are times where you're trying to question you question yourself and as if am I capable of doing this am I capable of going through these obstacles and I'm able to combat it and am I able to like walk away knowing that I was able to do it so it's allowed but I am very fortunate to have able to go through it and then actually meet people along the way especially within this community knowing that I'm never alone we all have come from a similar background especially when your parents really do look up to you and be the one to actually get them out of a cycle that they've been trying to get out for such a long time and now they're relying on their own kids especially their firstborn <laughs> to help them get them out and hopefully retire them in the future etc so yeah, I mean, I being a Latina entrepreneur, it's very exciting. It has its challenges, yes, but just know that you're never alone. With these ladies, they have been nothing but inspirational and I'm still learning. Even about to be 30 myself soon, I'm still learning. Continue to just be educated and also to be inspired by other women because they will help you get out the cycle whenever you're feeling like you're down. They are someone who will able to help you. And I'm just very thankful for that. Oh, that was so beautiful, Sonia. I have so much to say on that. Okay, Debbie, you're next. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's such an honor to be among such amazing women. And Sonia said it right. Like they are so inspirational. And the One Heart community, one of the things that I really love about it is not only the support, but the inspiration. Like sometimes I feel like I don't have like the juice in me to do something new. And then I see something that they do and I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. But for me, being a Latina entrepreneur is something completely different. Like I, my parents are Cuban. I learned English through Sesame Street. <laughs> and then I taught my parents. And, and for me, it, I grew up with such a low income family and I saw what financial struggles can really do. Like there were days where my mom would make meals for us, but she wouldn't eat herself. So I know what it's like to be in a place where you aspire just to get by. And I was, it was like ingrained in me to work hard. If you work hard, it'll, everything's going to be okay. But to me, it's now that I am now my, I'm a money coach and my job is to encourage women and be by their side to help them get out of debt and, and know that they, that now their money has so much power. Like, I feel like I've done a full circle moment from where I grew up. And I know that my mom is like so proud of me for the business that I'm building, but it's scary. Just like Sonia said, like it's scary because I'm the only person in my family who's ever owned a house who, you know, who has her own business. And it's only very, it's also very lonely. That's why I really enjoy the One Heart community. But to me, being Latina means we have a drive like no one else. 
Like we, we, when we see something and we want something and we focus on it, we have such a fire and passion that we get it done. And that passion also helps us help others because we're very compassionate people. We know what it's like to be a part of a community that's bigger than ourselves. And to me, that means a lot. Like I remember my mom used to have such so little, but when someone came over, like she'd make enough, like we would scrape by and we would feed that person too. I really feel like community is embedded in us. And when we open ourselves to helping others in our community, I feel like it comes back at us. And I feel like that's a quality that really sets us apart from being entrepreneurs. And it's something that I pride myself on because to me, it is a business, but my, my business is founded on helping women. And that, that, that means everything. And another thing that my husband and I pride ourselves on is we came from generations where we feel that we have to be financially responsible for our parents. And my husband and I are breaking that. Like we're breaking that. Our kids are not going to be dependent on us. And that's something that I know my mom is also proud of because she has had to depend on me. And that's something that has really broken her spirit sometimes. But knowing that it stops here, I think is something else that she's really proud of. Wow, Debbie, that was so good. I, oh man, I 100% agree with you. So my story is a little different. I did not grow up Spanish speaking. I have a very similar, not a very similar story to Jen, but similar in a way that I did feel ashamed that I didn't really understand my culture. I grew up in a single parent household for most of my childhood. And for me, what it meant to be a Latina entrepreneur was to not be labeled as another statistic. I grew up in a predominantly Hispanic community. It was, it's kind of considered the hood of Dallas. <laughs> it's called Oak Cliff. You probably heard of it. It's, there's a song named after this community. But I was a teen mom and I struggled. I wasn't educated. I didn't have anybody over me, like an influence. And when I say Selena was my idol, she literally was my idol. This is the person I looked up to because I just didn't have a role model in my life. So as a teen mom, like I really struggled to just make ends meet and to just get by. And I lived a really long life of survival. Oh, she's a Hispanic girl who got pregnant in high school. Like I didn't want people to see me that way. I wanted people to say that she was able to do something with her life and do for others. So I think what really drove me to help other women find their identity, to find their voice, is because for so long, I couldn't even figure out who I was. I didn't identify myself like as this Latina because I didn't even really know Spanish and then I wasn't educated so I kind of just fell into like this like I was just like in this category of like I don't know who I am and so not to have like an identity like not to feel like you could really you belonged anywhere really puts you in like this lost space so I think that when I first started coaching I was so excited to let people know, like my hairdresser, like, oh, I'm a coach and this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what I'm working towards. And I would hear it over and over again. Like, who do you know in our hood who's going to want to work with a coach? Or like, what is a life coach anyways? What, is, what are you even going to do? And it was just like constant people doubting that I even have like 
a real profession. <laughs> and so I knew from my heart that there was this desire to really help women find purpose in their life, to really know that they could make a difference in this world if they would believe in themselves. And so I just really took that and to figuring out if I struggle with knowing what I believe in, like there's probably so many women out here who struggle with that. And I wanna know what they're thinking, what they're believing. And so this is kind of what started community for me. I started having workshops and I just started listening to women, listening to them, listening to their stories, listening to what their dreams were that they've pushed down for so long and what they've always wanted to do in their life and really do what I can to like help them recognize that they have purpose in this world. And no matter what label someone has put on them or what label they've put on themselves, that they can create and rewrite that story for their life. So my name is Shayla and I am the owner of Cheating Debt, which is a credit repair company. I love being a Latina entrepreneur. I think it's a very exciting time to be a Latina boss right now. There's just so many inspiring Latina women, including all of you in the One Heart community. And being a Latina entrepreneur to me, it means like honoring my roots. I am Puerto Rican and right now going through the hurricane and everything and people lose the little bit that they have and they find themselves having to rebuild everything and in a Latina environment you're not really talked about like your finances and saving for those like rainy days or taking care of your credit or any of those things so for me it's honoring my roots and remembering that I have a social responsibility to pave the way for all other Latinas to be to have a better future. In my case, I do this by empowering Latina women to improve their credit and finances because that's going to in turn help their improve their families and also through like financial education. So just really like financially educating other Latinas and showing them that they can have good credit, understanding credit, understanding finances and understanding that the power that they could really have when purchasing big items like a home or a car, things like that. Um, I've just, we, I've done a lot of speaking engagements and I know Vanessa said she's from Oak Cliff. And so I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I'm very familiar with Oak Cliff and there is a lot of those schools over there where we actually go and we speak to the parents and we'll talk about just the importance of getting your credit together and your finances together. And just the a lot of times they just don't know who to trust and they don't know where to start. And maybe they're, they feel insecure because they don't speak English perfectly, or maybe they just feel more comfortable with somebody speaking Spanish. I mean, so many different situations. And I just want to make sure that any person that I touch has the same opportunities as anybody else would if they were not a person of color. Yes. Hey, I love, love, love hearing all of your stories. Definitely is a motivation for me as well. I'm Lily. 
the owner and maker of Light Clay Co. I'm also first gen and uh, actually was in ESL till the second grade. My favorite pastime is playing Loteria, okay? <laughs> it's like my absolute favorite thing to do. But to me, being a Latina entrepreneur means bridging a gap. It means creating representation. It means sharing opportunities and cultura with other young Latin, Hispanic individuals. People like myself that grow up with parents who perhaps work for quote unquote, the white man for 30, 40 years and was just encouraged to do the same. Just work hard, dale duro, they would tell us, and then you'll make it. Don't get me wrong, like there's nothing wrong with working for someone else. They were working for years for other people and continue to do so. And we're simply scraping by getting paid below minimum wage. And I don't ever recall being encouraged to even aspire to be my own boss. And so, but we're out here owning businesses and connect, uh, connected to our culture and uh, encouraging others and motivating generations behind us. So I'm just so excited to be in this group and chat with you all. Oh my gosh, Lily, I love that. Oh my gosh. But yes, I feel the same way. Everybody's story is so great. I personally resonate with like this is what I love. Again, everybody has mentioned this when they're doing their intro, but this is what I love is that when we get into spaces like this, like One Heart Community or just in general, like Shayla even mentioned, she was like, right now is a hot time to be Latina, to be a Latina boss. And I know that it's oftentimes glamorized and glorified and all this stuff, but like these are the conversations that once we're in these spaces, we get to have, which I think is such a beautiful space to be. So thanks, Vanessa, for creating this space. And what a Latina entrepreneur means to me is a little bit of what everybody mentioned. But what, if I had to define it in one sentence, it would be Latina entrepreneurs are world-changing women because they're here to not only impact their nucleus, like their own world, but they cause that ripple effect to then affect everybody else. And it was even mentioned like earlier is that I think it was Debbie that we do a good job of taking care of our community. And that's the thing. I think if all of us said like, hey, what's, your, what's in your mission? What's in your mission? What's in your mission? All of us would say, well, it's to take care of our people. It's to take care of our own. And, but that's the thing about us Latinos as well is that, we're not going to say just our own. We will make a plate for whoever walks into the space, whoever comes in and required, like needs help from our business. And so I think that within itself required so much bravery on our part in order to step into the space to not one claim that you are this business owner, this entrepreneur, but secondly, to do something completely different than what was expected of you. Cause I very much am like Lily and Debbie, just like very, again, I had family members and my, even my own parents who like worked for corporate companies for a gazillion years. And they were like, yeah, you're just gonna get yourself in the same spot. And I have always said, I never wanna have a boss. I've always said that. And my dad would be like, oh my God, well, good luck. And I always was in spaces where I had white bosses and they always did one thing or another, talked down to me, et cetera. And so I think to be in this space now, to turn around and to like talk to my family and say, hey, I'm leaving my 
corporate life, my career, what I went to school for and doing something completely different was really crazy, but it's what I'm so proud of. And so I think that there's this bravery that comes with being a Latina entrepreneur. And I also failed to mention that I am a self-worth and mindset coach. And so that in itself is something that they're like, what do you do? And so again, it's just a beautiful space to be here. So let's open the chat and have this open discussion. I can't wait to dive in. Girl, we can end the chat right now. You've nailed it. I can hear Sylvia talk all day. Like, I just want to have some popcorn and just like listen to her talk. (laughs) I just want to quote you. Can I quote you for a second? You said, we are going to do what isn't expected of us. Yeah, absolutely. Or we're, and that's the thing is that's that world changing seed. And again, ladies, I want you to know, like you, all of you are equipped. If you're listening to this podcast right now, there's a reason you're listening to this podcast right now, because you're equipped with something different to be that world changing woman. And if I can add something to that, it's, it's like, it, it's so necessary to have someone like Sylvia, like say that to you, especially if, when you're in the beginning of your business or contemplating starting a business, because that's when you feel less sure of your purpose. So hearing something, hearing someone like you say that Sylvia, to me, I'm just like, you're speaking to me like two years ago when I was like, do I want to do this? And I just think that's so special. And your voice needs to be heard by so many. Oh, thanks, my friend. Thank you. I'm still trying to marinate on that, (laughs) on that one quote, what we're going to do is what isn't expected of us, because that goes back to my story of it was expected for me to be labeled as a teen mom, someone who is just at the bottom, right? And being in corporate America for 15 years and always being the first to be laid off, the pay, I'm right there with you, Jen, on the pay that my counterpart was making $15,000 more a year than I was, we were doing the exact same thing. It's just like, that's what's expected. But we get to say, right, we get to say as entrepreneurs, what that looks like now. And I think that's one powerful way to just wake up every morning. And to say whatever people have already said you are gonna do, you can show them different. And everything that Sonia went through, as a child, being like the person that everyone's looking for direction from, all parents are looking for direction from her. Her siblings are looking her to pave the way. It's like, here's why. And I think that gives her an even more appreciation to that weight that's put on us. And I think that's why I love One Heart Community because like I said, we have these this weight on us. As in our culture, we have that weight. And then as leaders and entrepreneurs, it's like we're carrying that double weight. So I love that we're having this conversation because every single one of us, we all resonate with one another story, even though it's not the exact story. I want to add on to Celia when she says, when you're working for somebody who really doesn't align with you, it's true. So recently I quit my corporate nine to five job back in May of this year to go focus full on on my business. And the reason is because my corporate job's goal did not align with my goal. And that my goal was to educate and empower the BIPOC community 
on finances and taxes. I had a purpose that I wanted to go forward with, unlike my companies who have their own agenda and their agenda was to make profit off of folks in the healthcare industry. And I was just not satisfied with that. And then on top of that, when you have higher ups trying to mold you to become an individual that they're looking for their company, I just could not sit there and take that. And when I told and broke the news to my mom, not my dad, but my mom first, that I was quitting my nine to five job, she went into panic mode because she's is concerned of what are you doing? Why are you leaving a nine to five job with good benefits, a good pay for a business that you just started like two years ago? Like, do you not think about yourself? And that moment is when I clap back and said, and no disrespect to my mom, but whenever you try to clap back to a Latina mom, you know that it's going to be a lot of back and forth. So, but I was expecting that. So I had the courage and said, mom, I'm doing what I think is best for me. I'm doing what I want to do. I cannot sit there and work for somebody who I just cannot align with. This is what I want to do. I have a mission. I have a community that's going to back me up. Yes, I will be taking a huge pay cut. Yes, I will be losing out these benefits. But at the end of the day, I'm doing what I want to do for myself, which is focusing on my business and focusing on my mission because that is where my happiness is at right now. And if you don't like that, I'm sorry. I'm doing what I think is best for me because as for some folks who have worked in the corporate job, it can be very cutthroat. And I understand from my mom, she was very scared, but I reassured her like, listen, I have a backup plan. I have saved enough that I'm hoping to live off for just a few months. And worst case, if it does not go well, don't worry. I still have my credentials. I still have the skill. I can always go back to a nine to five job. But for now, don't worry. I will handle this. And I mean, fast forward a few months, I'm still doing pretty well. My mom has been seeing the growth within my business. And she's still, obviously, she is still a little concerned. But what mom isn't? But she sees that I have, my mental state has definitely improved. She actually called out and said, your anxiety is not what it used to be like. And I think that's really good. You are not as upset as you were before. So I can see why you made your decisions. And I'm, I'm happy to see that you're being happy at the end. So that is kind of my take on that. I want to say something to that point, Sonia, the idea of the place where I'm working, yes, I get a paycheck, but it doesn't align with my values and it's making me compromise who I am and what's important to me. And I just want to share this for the audience listening. If you're in a situation like that, I am, I've had, I laugh, I laugh at a lot of things I realize, but I had 13 jobs in 10 years. So I was totally that millennial job popper going from place to place. And even when I was a cashier at Walmart and wasn't taking that job seriously, I was 18 years old out of high school, going to community college, 
even then I had this thing inside me that felt like I'm, I, you're going to treat me how I should be treated. And if that's not going to happen here, I can find some other place that will. And I think we all have that resiliency within us, that resiliency and that faith in ourselves to know that we'll be able to land on our feet because we've had to overcome so much to do that. And for anyone still working in a corporate environment, you can, you don't have to start your own business in order to be treated with respect in the workplace. But ultimately that's why I coach entrepreneurship is because I feel like that gives us the most control and the most ability to write our own tickets, to create the kind of life that we want. But in the corporate world, you can do that too. And it's just a matter of finding the place that uh, aligns with your values. I have a full-time job right now, and I'm not in a hurry to leave that full-time job because the place I work is in alignment with my values and they value me, my specific unique viewpoint, because I'm not afraid to say what I think. And I've even told my boss, who's a middle-aged white guy, that I know my success has come because I am good at building rapport with the middle-aged white guys in charge. And I also told him, I better not find out that the white guy who had the job before me was making more money than I'm getting paid to do this job when that guy got fired. And it seems almost impossible. And people still look at me with shock on their face when I tell them these stories, like, how are you not fired yet? But that's exactly why they like to have me there because I say the things that nobody else will say. And I bring a different perspective to the organization and I push them to do more and they see how that pays off for them. And they know that they can trust me to be real with them. Not every workplace situation is going to be like that for sure. And so all I want to say is if it's not, leave. You can find another place. You walk into that interview with the energy, with your HEFA status energy that you know who you are and what your values are and what your worth is and what you bring to the table. And if they're not about it, you have the resiliency and the creativity and the work ethic and everything else that comes with the power that we are to go and do your own thing if you need to. Really, the options are endless. None of us have to be in a situation just like Sonia. This is not working out for me. You guys are not what I need you to be for me to feel fulfilled in the eight hours plus I spend with you. So peace out. I'm gone. I'm going to go create it for myself and create an organization where I can pour myself into the future generation of leaders in the industry. So no matter what you decide to do, if it's finding another job to work for somebody else or working for yourself, it's really just a matter of us truly harnessing that resiliency that we have within us and looking at the examples of how we prove to ourselves our power and resiliency every day and making sure that whatever room we walk into, whether it's as an employee or a business owner, that the people around us know without a doubt who it is that they're talking to. And I love that. And as the money coach in the room, I kind of want to like piggyback to what you just said. One of the things that I feel like sets entrepreneurs apart, Hispanic entrepreneurs apart from, from anyone else is that like we, we advocate for ourselves. Like we have to really work hard. Like some people are like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. Like, no, being an entrepreneur means that you put more time into your business than you would a nine to five. 
And if you have a nine to five, that means you're up late sometimes. Like it's not easy, but we're dedicated and we're driven. But one thing that I help my clients with is advocating for themselves when it comes to their jobs. Like, because as Jen mentioned so, so eloquently in the beginning of this chat is that we are the lowest paid and we are more than likely the hardest working people in the room. So you have to advocate for yourself financially because it is assumed that you will take anything as far as pay compared to your counterpart because of the fact that you're Hispanic. And to me, that's just something that honestly, it touches me so much because we know what it's like to struggle. We either have done it ourselves in our family or we know someone close to us that has struggled. And as as Latinas, like, I really feel like we need to advocate for ourselves if you have a job because no one else is going to do it for you. And then when you do it for yourself, that helps everybody else who is coming up after you too. Or if you're fortunate enough to be in a position where you have some influence, you can make the changes in that organization that need to be made. And that is a very fulfilling experience to have. I could tell you from personal experience that it, I'm very fortunate, but it was very intentional that I've been at the place that I've been at for so long is because they're welcoming what I'm bringing to the organization. But it's only because I believed in my resiliency enough to know I can write this letter to the CEO and to my boss and challenge them on what their response should be. And the moments after George Floyd in that summer of just cultural awareness and know like, I'm gonna write this email and if I get fired, then at least I got fired for a good reason. I believe in myself enough to know that I can go get another well-paying job doing the kind of work that I'm doing. And it's worth it to take that risk to be the one person in this organization who's going to say something in this moment in time. And there were some awkward conversations after that, for sure. But then they asked me to launch a DEI program, which we didn't have before. So it, the you can be the change maker anywhere. But like what Debbie said, it really comes down to you trusting yourself enough and believing in your own resilience enough to make it known what your expectations are so that people know who they're dealing with. In, a, in the best, most powerful way. Yes. A lot of the things that you ladies have said has resonated with me so much. I know when it comes to what Sonia was saying about how her mom felt about her quitting her job, I've been working for myself for four years and it's just a new generation, man. Like people, I don't know, my parents' generation, there wasn't business owners, self-employed. I mean, everyone worked for corporate America. So when I said I was quitting my job, my parents freaked out as well. And to this day, my husband and I both work for ourselves. And I remember we didn't even want to tell my parents or his parents <laughs> that he left his job because we saw how everyone reacted when I left my job. And I remember they still ask us all the time, like, are you guys still good? And they see us like traveling and doing different things. And I could see like the curiosity, like y'all are really doing this, right? Like you really work for yourselves and you have your house still and you have your cars and you're traveling and they don't get it. And there's a lot of questions that they want to ask, but they, I think they, they hold back, but I think it's all about doing what makes you happy. I know one thing that 
drives me to do what makes me happy and what drove me to leave my job and pursue working for myself was because I said I like to travel a lot, going to all these places, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, I mean, every island you could possibly think of. And these people are so happy and they work for themselves. A lot of them work for themselves. They have their little empanadilla like station on the beach. Or when I went to Greece, every place was a mom and pop owned place. And places closed early. They got to close and leave and go smoke a cigarette if they wanted to. They didn't even have to serve you if they didn't feel like it. If they didn't want to greet you that day, they didn't greet you. And everybody's just so happy and like full of life. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like in the U.S., we just overwork ourselves for all these materialistic things. And we think we have to have this nine to five job and we get fear put into us to, to work for someone else. And they almost make it seem like you won't survive if you don't work for someone else. And a lot of us were miserable where I know it's being, most of us are mothers as being a mother. Sometimes you're missing your kids things because you have to work or you're getting out late or you're tired and you can't make it to something. And it's just a lot. So I think it goes back to what Jen was saying, just do what makes you happy. You could find a job out there that makes you happy. You can work for someone else and maybe they'll take your thoughts and considerations <laughs> into play and that that works out in your favor. But if you're wanting to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, I say go for it. There's no better time than right now. I mean, so many people, especially after COVID, are working for themselves, they realized that their companies didn't care for them as much as they thought, or they didn't have the stability like they thought they had. And I think that was, I think, very powerful just to see how everyone kind of maneuvered and dealt with that. Another thing that Debbie said that I loved is as Latinas, community is built, it's like embedded in us, it's built in us. And I love how anytime a Latina business owner comes out and says like, Hey, I'm a business owner. This is what I'm doing. So many other Latinas flock to them. And it's like, I'm going to buy, I'm going to support you because we all know the struggle. We know the struggle of being the minority or being the one in the corporate office that has to talk to the, only the Spanish speaking clients. Did anybody else have only Spanish speaking clients? Like I did. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> that was like my half of my title was trying yeah, right? even though I'm not even fluent in Spanish. Yeah, like somebody would walk into the office, like, go get Spanish. And it's like, that's, I guess, all I was really good for, right? But yeah, so, I mean, we've all and kind maybe of- I'm, I'm the only Hispanic out of like 55 people in the whole firm. I'm the and only And you got to talk to every Spanish person, right? Every person. I've been transferred people that don't even speak Spanish, but as soon as they, as soon as the receptionist hears an accent, they send it my way. I'm like, yeah, thanks for that. That's so wrong. <laughs> It's so wrong. It's I, so but wrong. I, I've been there. I've been that person. So like, I so know how that feels. It's like, I just stare at the phone sometimes, like it's a joke. Like, I'm like, I'm waiting for like, like, like someone to pop up be like, you've been phoned. But I'm just like, it's an, it's a, it's an educated doctor that has an accent and they sent it to me. I'm just like, I have no words. But don't you feel like, cause I know I would feel this way when I got transferred all the Spanish speaking clients don't you feel like you have like an honor, like a duty to like serve them? Like no one else is going to take care of them. Oh, the gonna take them. Yeah, I'm like, 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 you don't understand what I'm saying. Good. I'm going to give like 110% to this person and like 80 to everybody else for the day. Exactly. Shayla, that was so good. 
I love what she said about being a mom because that's a topic that we haven't really touched. And I know, I don't know if like not all of us are moms, but we put so much into our business and there is that guilt mm. of like, I still have a nine to five and I, and my business is, and obviously my family, but my business is like the only thing I can say, this is for me. Like I created this from scratch. Like this does not belong to anyone else. My business I mean, my, my nine to five is to pay the bills and help support my family. Everything else in my life is for my family, but my business is mine. That's my baby. And I'm so proud of it. And the fact that I've created something that is beyond me, like it's bigger than me because I, it literally is to help women become financially independent. And that's something that'll help them throughout their lives with everything. Money touches everything. And it's such a passion for me, but that I do feel guilty sometimes that I have to do something in order to feed my business and my kids. Sometimes my husband's putting them to bed, my little one and, or my teenager wanted to ask me something and I have to like send her a text. Like, I'm so sorry. You have to wait a little bit. It's hard. It's a balancing act. And it's hard when you have kids as well, but that if that doesn't show the passion that we have for our business, the fact that sometimes we have to have our spouse's take over and put them to bed or do something with them or take them outside and you're missing out on that little guilt. If that doesn't show how determined we are as female entrepreneurs who are Latina, which I love saying that all day long, like, I don't know what is. Yeah. So I don't know about you guys, even though I, I don't know how to, say, how to explain this, but like, although I'm a full-time entrepreneur, although my husband works and he supports me and takes, helps me with the kids, like he still kind of expects like dinner every night. <laughs> There's still like a lot of these things that I am still like responsible for, but at the same time, like I'm a full time boss. So I think it's just a beautiful thing. Like you mentioned earlier, Debbie, like we are so incredibly passionate. Latinas are so passionate. We give everything with so much love. We give our clients, so much of our attention, so much of our love, and then our children, and then we have our husbands and them, and then we're showing up on social media, right? With Absolutely. A, a whole yeah. different, like a whole different hair full makeup, everything. We're going at it. We're like wearing mm -hmm. 13,000 hats a day. Yes, yes. And with a smile on our face, honestly, yeah. because it's like, if we had to prioritize it, like there's always going to be that one thing that you're like, okay, that, that falls last on my list, but for me, and plus I have to cook and I don't even mention that because the kids can't eat what my husband makes because it's unedible. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm like, he can't touch the kitchen, but <laughs> he helps me, he helps me clean up. He's a champ, but no, he can't cook. But yeah, we wear so much. And like I said, like it's, it comes from within us. Like there's a fire in us. That I, and for me coming from so little financially, and then going through all the financial hardships in my life, most, some of them from my own creation, because I didn't know what I was doing. And then being like out of it, there's a piece of me that always felt like, like, a, like I was a puzzle. And there was that one little piece that always felt like it was missing. And when I had my little one, my husband was like, like, he asked me one day, he's like, do you feel completely fulfilled now? Because he knew, like I had shared it with him. And I was like, there's something that's missing. Like I can't place it. And then when I started helping women, like, like learn what I learned and become financially independent. All of a sudden I said to my husband, it was creating my business. Like that's what was missing. And like, he was so emotional. He's like, I'm so happy you found it. It's, there's no words to describe what it feels like to help someone else become empowered with something so important. And it reflects back on you because you're like, I, if had I not created my job, had I not created my business, where would this person be? And the fact that you help others and then they're helping my client made me cry the other day because she said that 
like now that I've helped her become completely debt free, she's helping her daughter do the same. Like how powerful is that? And see that, that right there, that's like the powerful piece. And that's where I really want to speak to, since we were talking about guilt a little earlier, and I understand that not everybody's a mom, but just, it's just so interesting about guilt in general, right? We find, we use it, obviously it's presented in these spaces where we're just like, oh, it should be maybe, oh, I have to text my kid. Like maybe tomorrow we'll read that specific longer bedtime story or whatever the case is, or I missed the practice or et cetera. And we're just so used to feeling bad for missing things instead of being like, I missed this one thing so that I can fuel myself up and be even a more present, fulfilled mom in the spaces that I am in. Because that for a while was what kept me from telling my husband like, okay, I'm ready to start a family. Because I, for a long time, again, fed myself the narrative that were that is commonly pushed in Latino culture of when you have a child, your life is over. It is all about the kids. Oh, and when people, that's so when, powerful. Oh, Sylvia, yeah. you gave me chills. You gave me chills. <laughs> oh my God, yes. And when people say that, obviously it's going to make you be like, okay, well, I'm not signing up for kids any night, anytime soon, right? It makes you think that way but and that's why again the mom guilt or just the guilt in general I'm like no I don't sign up for that I'm not gonna sign off on that I'm not gonna co-sign that I'm not gonna buy a first class ticket to that I'm gonna unsubscribe from that (laughs) because if I miss the one thing to fuel myself up I'm gonna show up as a even more fulfilled mom or in that role, whatever I needed to be, I'm going to show up more fulfilled in that space because I just got finished doing what I get to do and how I serve and how I show up and what really brings me joy. Not that being a mom isn't the bomb.com. It's super dope. But like we all just mentioned, what we do in our businesses is for us. And also the example that we set for our kids when they see us be happy and put so much into something that we love. I had, I had uh, my, my little one that was at the playground. I was like, no, I'm not going to do anything for my business for a little bit. I have to take her out. Like I want to spend quality time with her. And she saw her friends in the playground and she's like, my mom's a money coach. Like, <laughs> yes. I love this. I love when my kids tell people, oh yeah, my mom's a coach. Yeah. Oh, they'll say, oh, my mom's on a, she has a ring light and she does videos. She's a coach. they seriously think that's how I get paid but it is kind of how I get paid yeah right yeah but they're proud of us like they they see us like they see what we do and sometimes we feel like we push things off and we miss things and we have that narrative that like gosh like like and it's guilt like you don't feel like 100% like the best mother ever all the time and it's that little guilt but then when you see them like hyping you up I'm like I'm good (laughs) my seven-year-old son straight up tells me you care more about Lahefa status. You're showing me that you care more about Lahefa status than you care about me and my brother and my dad because I can't play Minecraft with him because I'm doing something like this. And I tell him, like, you can't have everything you want the minute you want it. A. B. 
are you telling me that 15 minutes of playing Minecraft is more important than the work I'm trying to do to help other Latina business owners so that they can be able to provide for their families the way you're provided for in your family? Because I want him to understand like the bigger picture here. This is, you need, I definitely have struggled with mom guilt, struggle with mom guilt. It is an ongoing thing at the same time I tell that little kid what's up and put him in his place because he's seven and he needs to have that perspective. And I want him to know about the mission of my business and what I'm doing. And so there are times when he's annoyed with me and he's upset and he is not shy to articulate that to me. But there are also times where just out of the blue, he told me one day he had an idea for a business. And of course, I was really excited. What is this idea that you have? Well, I want to start a business where we give things to moms with kids who can't afford to get it on their own so they don't have to struggle. And I want the logo to be really happy. And so I think it should be yellow and orange and it should have a sign. And I forgot what the name that he came up with, but he came up with the branding and his and the, his whole idea for this business. And I was like, well, that's a nonprofit, but I like where your head's at. I love that that's what you came up with. It wasn't like, I'm going to go mow the neighbor's lawn or like, uh, he doesn't even know what a newspaper is. It wasn't like, I'm going to start my own business with a YouTube channel. He's like, I, his first idea for his business was helping, was, was helping others who needed it. And so I know that even when he's acting like a total little brat, because he knows exactly what to say to activate the mom guilt. At the same time, I know that by staying true to who I am and what I need as an individual, like Sylvia was saying, like Debbie has been saying that when I'm true to myself, then I can be better and more present for everybody else in my life. And then when I have the time with my kids, we have dedicated time and it's named. So every day the kids know they're going to get a period of time where I am giving them 100% attention and they get to be the bosses. They decide what we're going to do and what kind of activities, if we're drawing, if we're playing video games or whatever it is. And that's gone a long way for the kids to know that they're always going to have that piece of me, that time with me every single day. And then they can allow me to do what I need to do. And I tell them like, you, you like your things that you like to do and I don't get in your way. So why don't you let me do the things that I like to do? Just because I'm your mom doesn't mean that that's my whole life. I love you and you're a huge part of my life, but I'm still an individual person. Now, it has taken me the whole 15 years being married to somebody who has been trying to get me to think this way. <laughs> to be this way, because it certainly wasn't the way I was raised. Culturally, this is the exact opposite of what I was taught. And there's still a lot of things that I'm unlearning, but I'll just, I wanted to tell this story because even when your kid is telling you straight to your face that they think you don't care about them, that it's totally manageable to get through that. And you can still find a very productive and healthy balance between your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with the other family members around you, with your work and with your business. It doesn't all happen perfectly. It's a, it's messy a lot of times, but it is absolutely 100% possible. I love how you said unlearn things because although like I'm sure most of us, if not all of us are like, like so proud of where we came from, like 
there are things we need to unlearn, like like mm-hmm. social norms back then that we need to unlearn. Like my mom stayed in her marriage way too long and it became abusive. And I repeated that cycle with my first and I broke it. Now I'm with a wonderful man and it took so much, but my mom never heard of the word divorce. Like she was like, what? But you unbreak that because you want better for yourself. And there's so many other aspects, especially being a female entrepreneur that we break all the time. Like it's not nor it's not the norm to have your own business. It's not the norm to be so driven and sometimes put your kids second. Like that's not the norm. The norm is for the most part, at least how I was raised is a wife gives everything to her kids and her husband and has nothing for herself. And that's the opposite of what we're doing. So I just feel like that, that really stood out to me that you said that, yes, we are breaking the norm in so many ways and it's beautiful and it's beautiful. We're setting such a great example for others to follow in our footsteps. I didn't have anyone to look up to regarding starting her own business, being this driven, being so, so like giving 110% of something that you just love, but that you've created by yourself. Yeah. And I think that we tend to focus on like the negative and there's a lot of emotions involved with being an entrepreneur and being a wife and a mom and trying to just juggle it all. I mean, you're the, I always laugh. I'm like, I'm the teacher. I'm the chef. I'm the maid. I'm everything. Right. But something that Jen said stuck out to me. And she said her son wanted to start his own business. So even though his emotions were saying, you care more about La Jefa status than you care about me. His words were also saying, you're inspiring me and I want to be a business owner as well. So I think that as women, we tend to, especially as moms, we tend to focus on like the negative, but he did say so much positive as well. Sometimes it's hard and we see, he sees moms working a lot and that's understandable. All of our kids see that we work very hard, but for your child to come to you and say they want to be a business owner I think that's awesome and if you take if anybody takes one thing from this is that our kids are watching us the youth is watching us and even though they see us struggling with certain things we're still inspiring that was perfect Shayla (laughs) like literally the you took the words out of my mouth like I was thinking the exact same thing when Jen said that I loved everything that you ladies are talking about when it comes to the children because our children are watching us and everything that we do and every and how we react is what builds the confidence in them for them to say that they are worthy of doing the thing that's in their heart to do. So thank you so much for being a listener to this podcast. If you want to follow the ladies, their information will be in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in. This was such a beautiful conversation that I think it's actually the beginning of much, much more. Stay tuned for the series because I know that's next. Love you guys. Bye.